0: I was talking to Melanie on the phone last night And she said So what are you you preaching on tomorrow? (laughs) She's like, I don't know I read through the passages I have no idea where I would be going with that (laughs) So good luck I was like, well, you know, we record them So check out the podcast And honestly, for me Whenever Jesus tells a parable I find it really hard to get away from it So we're going to be talking about Jesus' parable This morning and the first question I think most people ask is, okay, is God the unjust judge? Is this, is this some sort of metaphor? Is this something where, you know, we just have to keep bothering God until he does the right thing for us finally, not because he wants to, but because he kind of gets tired of us? And the answer to that is no. <laughs> no, this is, this is not a metaphor for God. You do not have to continually bother God to try and convince him to do the right thing for you. That is not what this story is about. But I think that there is a teaching here for how we ought to pray, right? Because we all, most of us anyway, have kids who, they, they ask us for stuff, right? And elsewhere in scripture it says, well, if, if your kid asks you for bread, you're going to give him a scorpion. Well, No, of course not. And so how much more will God give us good gifts when we ask him? I think this is kind of the same deal here. Jesus isn't telling this story to say, well, unless you're persistent like the widow, Jesus isn't going to do anything for you. God will only hear you if... That's not the point of the story. But if we look at what is happening here, it's a story of hope. It's a story to tell us of what persistence can do to make good things happen despite the obstacles placed in our way. Because right? you look at the woman, she was her own advocate. She, she didn't have a lawyer. She didn't have somebody working on her behalf. It was just her. Right? I don't know if you've ever tried to go to court and represent yourself. I haven't ever had to do that. I can imagine it's kind of a hopeless experience. You don't know the rules. You don't know all the details of the law. You don't know protocol. You don't know what you can or can't do to try and get the outcome you're looking for. And so you just go to the judge and you just say, hey, this is what I need. This is why I think it's fair. Grant me justice. And so this woman was doing this and there was nobody telling the judge off, right? Nobody was there saying, okay, judge, seriously. I know you're kind of lazy. And I know you don't fear God, and I know you don't really care about doing the right thing, but come on. In this situation, do the right thing. Like, there was nobody to kind of hold the judge accountable. That, That kind of a role in this story is completely absent. So, you have a woman with no advocate, you have a judge without any accountability, which left the woman with no leverage other than to be really annoying I mean, persistent right and the way the story goes is that by being persistent even without an advocate even without any accountability for the judge even without any leverage or power justice was served can you can you imagine a more hopeless situation than showing up to court with no evidence, no lawyer, no help, no real consequences for the judge if they don't give you what you want, and just to show up and just kind of go, well, please? And then they say no, so you come back the next day. No leverage, no power, no evidence. Please? Please? What would get you out of bed on that fourth morning to go and ask again. What about the 10th? What about the 30th? And so Jesus kind of pivots on this story. He says, hey, look, we've got... A story of somebody who really shouldn't have gotten what they deserved. They shouldn't have gotten justice, but even in that situation they still did. And then Jesus says this phrase, and will not God
1: if the widow,
0: if the person without power goes to the unjust judge who doesn't fear God and they get justice in that terrible situation, and will not God who is good who is righteous, who is the embodiment of justice. Literally, his goodness is what determines what justice is. And will not God... Let's make this situation even better, because what if the woman had had help? What if she had had an advocate, somebody who went with her and got up with her on the morning of the eighth day to go with her to ask for justice... Maybe it's not even a trained lawyer. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a neighbor's nephew. Maybe it's just somebody to say, I will stand with you. Let's go ask for justice. Because that would be right. I'm with you. What if other people had held the judge accountable? What if somebody had seen what was happening in the court and gone, this, this right there, that thing that just happened, that is not right. We can do better. We can do good in this situation, and that is not good. Judge, reconsider this. This is unjust. But what if she hadn't had to wait? What if we hadn't had to wait for justice? What if everything had been in place? Somebody went with her the first day, Somebody was there to hold the judge accountable. And on that first day, she said, hey, this is what I need for justice. This is, what I, this is what is right and good. And the judge says, yes. Case closed. These are the kinds of things that I hope for when I see injustice. I'm not sure it's going to ever fully go away at this side of eternity this side of God breaking and remaking the world so that it is not flawed anymore by us. But what I hope for is that nobody has to seek justice on their own behalf without help. What I hope for is that those who perpetuate injustice will not be unopposed, that we can hold them accountable. And I hope I hope we don't make them wait for what is right. So on the one hand, yes, the the sermon I most often hear coupled with this parable is that of persistence. We put you in the seat of the person who needs something. We put you in the seat of the person who comes to God, who comes and asks in prayer. And we teach you to pray continually without ceasing except that when Paul says that, he's not talking about the same kind of thing that Jesus is talking about here. It's not a perfect analogy there. The two, they sort of link, but not not in the way it seems. This parable is not telling you to keep asking for yourself, I don't think. I think that on the one hand, it gives us hope when we are alone, outclassed and outmatched that we can still get justice in the end. I think the parable gives hope. But on the other hand, I think it also teaches us what God expects us to do when we see situations like this one. Because you see, just as God is better than the unjust judge is, I hope that you and I, as followers of a righteous and holy and just and good God, I hope that we would be better than the silent majority that doesn't even get mentioned in the story because they do nothing. Court wasn't held in private. Just like today, it's a fairly public thing. There were people who saw this woman coming. And if the same woman came day after day after day, there had to have been people who saw and did nothing. And so if you are being oppressed and you are being put upon and you are in need of justice that you're not getting, then yes, there is hope for you in your situation. But if you don't if you can't think of a situation right now in your head where yes, I'm being put upon, I am I am the oppressed, if you can't think of that right away, I pray to God that we're not gonna be that silent majority that does nothing to help the person who is. Would it be right of us to make someone wait for what is justfully theirs? Yes, justfully is a word, I just made it up. And so we expect that if the people of God are doing what the people of God are called to do and be, that the people around us would get better results and faster results and more supported results and more socially accomplished results than the widow had. They, they shouldn't have to do it alone. We should be there with them. So the hopeful thing that I really get to here, the thing that I get from this story that makes me go, wow, that, that would be heavenly. That would be the kingdom of God on earth, is that if nobody ever had to go without an advocate, What if everybody were held accountable to do the right and just thing? What if we didn't make people wait for justice, figuring the system will work it out in the end, but we came alongside them and we fought and we advocated and we talked and we supported with them, with whatever situation you find yourself in, whether it's somebody who's getting a failing grade in school and you don't think they deserve it. Whether it's somebody in the workplace who's being disciplined and you don't think they did anything wrong. Whether it's somebody who has medical debt you don't think they deserved and an insurance company that doesn't care. What if we fought with them? And so I read this parable and I think two things. I think one, if you identify with that widow right now, can we help? What can we do? And if you don't identify with that widow this morning, I hope you go through the next rest of your life asking that question. Because I've been watching a lot of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood with Kirsten lately. (laughs) Because it's a lot better than Spongebob. (laughs) Spongebob needs to go away forever. But when you hear Fred Rogers, who, by the way, was an Anglican priest, so theologically very similar to our church, he talks about looking for the helpers. There are always people trying to help. We should be that person. We should always be the helpers. Let's pray. Father, we praise you for your example that you told us, made up or real, I don't think it matters much, but this this story of a woman who got justice by not giving up. I'm encouraged that the story ends well for her and I praise you for being the ultimate source of the help that she needed. But again, I just pray that you would change our hearts that you would make us the kind of people who will make it so that nobody has to do it alone. So that we can bring the rules and the laws and the social norms and the cultural practices of the kingdom of heaven down to earth. I pray that civic laws and human courts would take a back seat to what we know that you would have us do. And so, Father, we come to your table this morning, and I pray that you would help us to seek justice and to repent of indifference. Amen.